Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. Here is Finding Jesus in Jeremiah and Lamentations. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. God is good, church family. That was weak. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Rearranging the furniture up here. It's all good, right? So listen, last week I mentioned about the book Healed of Cancer by Dodie Osteen. And I couldn't believe we ran out of them in second service. I ordered over 200 of them in English and also in Spanish. I got all the rest that our book distributor had. He had 81 left. So they're at the Welcome Center or they're at the bookstore. If you weren't here, this is just a great book. You can put healed of and whatever it is that you're going through or you're believing for a loved one. It has has her testimony of how God healed her, the scripture she used, and then the doctor verification in the back of the healing. Amen. So that's back there. You ready to get into the word? Amen. Again, Bible prophecy is not to scare us, it's to prepare us. Amen. World has gone wild. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep looking up. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for this opportunity that we could come to church. Lord, your church is where believers come together, where we fellowship one another. And Lord, we're watching the devil with all this COVID and Delta and all that's going on, just trying to pull the church away or even society away, Lord. When you made us as social beings, we need one another. We are strengthened with one another. So we just curse this foul thing in Jesus' name. We just pray healing, Father, for those that might have it right now, strengthen their bodies for strong immune systems to just fight it off. We thank you for that. We thank you for first service today, Lord, for, I believe it's three hands that went up to receive you as Lord and Savior, Lord. And Lord, it's our heart. But our heart, as a pastor, is to feed your people, Lord. And that's what I endeavor to do today with your word. So we thank you for your word, that it will not return void, that it will accomplish that which it's sent forth to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 1 today? We're going to find Jesus in the book of Jeremiah and Lamentations. Those two together. And this is Jesus is our weeping prophet. And you'll see as we go along, as we talk about this. Remember this, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is all about Jesus Christ. Amen. I know there's some out there that want to, Exalt this person, exalt that person. No, 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 no. Exalt Jesus. Now, of course, we're going to learn from Paul. We're going to learn from Peter. We're going to read the story of Ruth and on and on and on. But it all brings us back to Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? It all brings us back to Jesus. So let me give you a little history of these two books. The author of the book of Jeremiah and Lamentation is, you just got an A plus. I'm impressed. Amen. You could say it louder. It wasn't a trick question. Jeremiah. All right. He is known as the weeping prophet. 
The book documents his life and his message. It was written during his ministry between the year 627 and 580 B.C. These were known as dark days in the kingdom of Judah. From the 13 years of Josiah, the last good king. And it always amazes me. When you got a good king, a good president, a good prime minister, it filters down to the people. When you got evil up in the, the hierarchy, it filters down evil. And what it brought through these evil kings was captivity. Captivity to the people of Israel. The purpose of these two books is to declare God's judgment that was coming upon his people, a call to them for repentance and that there could be a spiritual restoration. Amen? Kind of sounds like what we're going through today. We're hearing people calling for repentance, but we're not seeing a lot of it. Amen? Everybody thinks everything is the way it's always been. Nah. Not even close. Turn to Jeremiah 9.1. Say we're already there. All right, let's read it. Oh, that my head's were water. Oh, my head was water, and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. God raised up his prophet Jeremiah about 40 years before the Babylonians destroyed and plundered the holy city of Jerusalem. Amen. Over and over, through many tears, Jeremiah pleaded with his people, repent, repent, repent. And again, repentance isn't falling on the ground, screaming, oh God, oh God. Repentance is a change of heart. The word repent means to change, to change your heart. Amen? Come on, you can talk to me today. He asked them to repent that they might avoid the coming disaster. His deep cries and prayers are recorded in the book of Lamentation. It is the most sorrowful of all the books of the Bible, written by the most broken-hearted of all the Bible writers, Jeremiah. It is no wonder that he bears the nickname, the Weeping Prophet. One author stated, if we had the original, if we had the original manuscripts of these two books, we would likely find pages, page after page, stained with his tears. Man, and what they did to that guy. Everybody likes a prophet that says, it's going to be good, everything's going to be great, everything's going to work out. I've been saying it for a while, I'm not a prophet, I'm a pastor, amen? But it ain't going to work out. Things are going to get darker on this earth, not brighter. Well, how can you say that? I read the Bible. I don't know what all these other people that call themselves prophets are reading. Everything's going to change. They're going to call back the election. Mike Lindell the other day, everything was going to change. I told you it wasn't. Listen to your pastor. Amen? It's not going to change. This world's going to get darker and darker, but we're going to get brighter and brighter because we keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher 
of our faith. Amen. And I respect Mike Lindell. I mean, that guy has put millions and millions of dollars into what he did. But do you really think they were going to overturn this election? Come on, church family. Come on. Even my little baby brain can figure that one out. Go to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 8. Look at some of the things he said. Even when I cried and shout, he shuts out my prayers. But before he lost all faith, he remembered that God is a faithful God. Amen. And you'll see that by the time we get to the end of this message. Some of this might sound sad and some of this might sound hard and some of this might sound, oh my, what's going on? Stick around. Amen. The end of the book is real good. I read the last chapter, church family. Guess what? We win. We win. So don't get discouraged in what we're seeing in this world. Keep looking up. The king is coming. Turn with me to Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22. No, you're in Lamentation chapter 3. Go down to verse 22. Though the Lord, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Say that, I am not consumed. Because his compassion fails not. We need to understand God doesn't use love. God is love. His compassion, his mercies they are new. They are for us. God is for us. God is not against us. When things are going on, he will take care of us. Can I get an amen? Watch. They are new because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. I love that statement. How many love that? His compassions are new every morning. Not. That is an Old Testament scripture. We have a New Testament scripture. His mercies are new every second. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. This is old covenant. We are under the new covenant. In the old covenant, they had to take a lamb or a sacrifice to the priest under the new Testament. We got a great high priest who is the priest of our profession, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can go to him anytime we mess up. I don't have to wait till what time is morning? Oh, morning, Lord. What time do you get up? Whatever. He, slump, he never slumbers or sleeps. Keep looking to him. When you mess up, fess up, move on. Because he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All right. So that's good. Amen. Great is your faithfulness. Now look at verse 24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Do you understand your soul is your mind, your will, your personality? It's what makes me different than someone else and what makes you different than someone else. They say every one of us has a unique DNA. Each and every one of us has a unique mind or soul. Your soul is not your brain. Understand that. Your brain is an organ, belongs to this flesh realm. It's part of the flesh. Your soul is part of the spirit realm. The Bible says there's only one thing that can separate soul and spirit. It's the word of God. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. 
It's the word of God. So our soul is unique. Our soul is is precious. This body is going to die if the Lord doesn't return. It's going to go into the ground from whence it came. It'll be raised on the day of the resurrection. But our spirit and soul go to be with the Lord. Amen? That's why the Bible says renew your mind. Get it lined up with God's will. So great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Amen. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. I'm waiting for him. Amen. We are looking up. Now, that waiting doesn't mean to sit down and do nothing. Put your feet up on a big old lazy board. We need to be busy for the kingdom of God. We need to do everything that the Lord has called us to do. I want in my own life to fulfill the number of days that the Lord has for me. And the Bible also teaches me there are ways for me to prolong or go longer in these number of days. Sometimes I don't want to. But I want to do everything that the Father has for me to do. Can I get an amen? How many else can say, how many, anybody else can say the same thing? Now look at verse 25. The Lord is good to those who wait on him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord or when he sets everything up. This is our blessed hope, the return of the Lord, to set up his kingdom on this earth. This year, 2021, I have proclaimed at the beginning of this year that this is the year of great hope. Lots of bad things are happening, but I have a great hope in me. God is still in charge. God is still up to something, amen? In the midst of all the darkness, God is doing something great. Jeremiah was the physical manifestation of the reality of how God felt in having to judge his own people for their sins and rebellion. Think about that. He wept and wept. And God weeps when he has to bring judgment on this earth. Thank God, as you'll see in a little bit, that we are going to be protected from the judgment that is to come. Oh, there's a judgment that man brings. There's a judgment that the world brings. There's even a judgment or a a curse of this world that we can have some bad times with. The people in Haiti right now are having a rough time. They didn't say, bring an earthquake on. It happened. That's why on the new earth, there won't be any earthquakes. I thought about that. I said, oh, yeah, I could just see the beautiful city of God going and and caving in. It ain't going to happen. Ain't, ain't, ain't. And so Jeremiah, he wept and he wept and he wept. And through these books he left, through these books that he left through us. And through the gospel, we find Jesus also to be our own weeping prophet. Go to John chapter 11. Many of you know this, verse 35. It's known as the shortest verse in the Bible. If you say, I have such a problem remembering verses, Pastor, here's one. It consists of two words. Two words. Ready? Say them with me. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Come on, one more time. Jesus wept. Now, put your Bible down. Now, go ahead and say it. Ready? 
You guys have memorized the scripture. Just having a little fun with you. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. We know that Jesus Christ came to raise Lazarus from the dead. So you can go ahead and turn there. John 11, we're going to go up to verse 20 in a moment. Jesus Christ came to raise Lazarus from the dead. So let me ask you a question. Why is he crying? I believe because it's a different kind of crying. And I'll show you what I mean in a moment because it's something that we can all be involved in. Amen? So let's read here. Let's read John eleven twenty. Ready? Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. I wonder why. You ever think of that when you read a scripture? Why? Wasn't Mary the one that sat at Jesus' feet while Martha was doing all the cooking? And Martha said, make my sister work. So why did she not go? Was she mad at Jesus? Come on, talk to me, guys. We're talking about human beings. If you sent the message out to Jesus, hey, Lazarus is really sick. Would you come? And he didn't come. And four, he dies, Lazarus dies. And then Jesus comes four days later. Might you have been a little upset? Don't know. Just putting it out there. But that's how you study the word. When you read it, you look at it and go, what was going on? What were they thinking? Martha ran out. Mary could have said to her, Martha, you go talk to Jesus. I need to be left alone. Remember, this guy's in the grave four days. Jewish people believe in the fourth day. The spirit left. That was it. They're done. Jesus waited four days. Keep going up. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. First, first words out of her mouth. Wouldn't have died if you were here, Lord. Where were you, Lord? She didn't say that. I'm adding a little bit to here, right? But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Okay. That's a great faith confession, right? Right? Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Okay. Verse 24, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Ah, look at verse 25 and 26. You can almost sense Jesus' heart as he's speaking here. And Jesus said, ready? I am the resurrection and the life. Watch. He who believes in me, though he may die he shall live. Though he may die, he shall live. Though he may die, he shall live. So that's telling me that every person that has died in Christ Jesus is living. In fact, they're living even better than we're living right now. Can I get an amen? Ephesians chapter 3 brings out that when a person dies, they go into the family of God in heaven. And God is now taking care of them. That should give us assurance, those that have lost loved ones. 
that they're in better hands than me trying to take care of them. Come on, guys. Can I get an amen? He is taking care of your wife right now. He's taking care of her. God himself. In fact, you think about it. Before the rapture, you know, I believe the rapture is going to probably happen in our lifetime. But if it doesn't, everyone in here is going to die. How do I know that? Because I watch old movies. One time I was watching It's a Wonderful Life. You remember that one? And I said, dear Lord, everybody in that show is dead. Is dead. Unless they're 115 years old or something, they're dead. Every one of them. So what does that guarantee me? I'm going to die. Unless Jesus Christ returns, I'm going to die. Now, when a person dies before the rapture, their bodies go into the ground, but their spirits go to be with the Lord. Then at the day of the rapture, the Bible says their bodies will be glorified. And I know people come out with all these dumb statements. Well, what if they got eaten up by a shark? Or what the... God knows all the DNA. Everything's okay. All right? Their bodies now go and meet their spirits. We meet them. We lose out on that experience because we are taken up in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, right? And we meet them in the sky, greatest family reunion ever. And then we go be with the Lord forever. Amen? So they get a twofold manifestation. Those that are here, when the rapture of the church happens, we miss out on that one part. But, I wouldn't mind missing out on that one part. How about you? I'm talking about death. How about you? All right. All right. And there will be one generation. We don't know which one that is, but I'm going to give you some tidbits today to see what that generation is. Is that okay? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, shall never die, shall never die. Now, there we know he's talking about eternal death, shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord. Man, I would have been there. I would have gone, yes, sir. Amen. Yes, yes, Lord. I believe this. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you are the Christ who is to come into the world. Then later on, Jesus wept. And I'll explain that one in a moment. But let's go to another one where we see real crying. Not real, that's not a good word. A different kind of crying, all right? Another time Jesus is coming to Jerusalem and the crowd is going wild. This is called the triumphal entry. Turn with me to Luke 19, 29. Let's take a peek at this one and see what happened here. Luke 19, 29. And it came to pass when he drew near to Beth, Bethage and Bethany and the mountain called Olivet or the Mount of Olives that he sent two of his disciples say, go into the village opposite you where you are. Enter, you'll find the colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it, bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. We know that was what? The fulfilled scripture, right? Zechariah, he shall come upon a colt, right? So those who were sent went their way. Why is that church? Because scripture must be fulfilled, right? So he went their way. He found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the cult, the owner of it said, why are you loosing the cult? And they said, the Lord has need of him. 
Then they brought him to Jesus. They threw on their clothes on the colt. They set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent, the bottom of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. And they said, would you say it with me? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees, oh, Pharisees and Sadducees. The Sadducees are truly sad, you see. Bad joke. Let's continue on. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd. Remember Paul was a Pharisee? Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep quiet, church family, watch what he's saying there, for this is for us also. I tell you, if you keep quiet, the very stones will immediately cry out. Church family, as for CFFC, we are not going to let stones cry out. Can I get an amen? We are going to praise the Lord. We are going to glorify him when we feel like it. And when we don't, because the Bible says there are times you need to bring the sacrifice of praise. And sometimes it's a sacrifice when you're hurting, when you lost a loved one, when people are mean to you or whatever it is. It's a sacrifice to praise God. But you still do it. And he gives you the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Glory be to God. When there's that heavy spirit and you start praising him, you just watch how he takes it away. Verse 41, all this excitement with all the wild going on. And watch this next verses now. Ready? Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and he literally cried over it. What was he looking at? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And he's going to explain why right here. Why he wept over it, saying, if you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you. They will surround you. Now, this goes right with Matthew 24, uh, Luke uh, 17, I believe it is, right? where he explains how this is going to happen. They are going to close in on you in every side. They are going to level you, your children within you, to the ground that they may not leave one stone upon another. When did that happen? I know you know, 70 AD, right? And from 70 AD till 19, I, I might be off on this date by a year or two, it was either 67 or 69, Jerusalem was in the hands of the Gentiles. But you might remember that general with the patch from Israel, I forgot his name, standing at the wailing wall there when they took Jerusalem back from the Gentile nations, amen? That's why when people say, well, you know, I mean, Jesus could have come anything. No, he could not have. He could not have come 
until Israel became a nation, May of 1948, and Jerusalem came back, 1960, whatever it is. When was it? Does anybody know? 67. That those two things had to happen for all scripture to now come together. That's the fig tree. There is no replacement theology here. God is going to still use it. Israel is the time clock. Amen. Israel's is one prophet said, man of God, Israel is the hour hand. Jerusalem is the minute hand. And the temple mount is the second hand. Amen. That's why all eyes are always back on Jerusalem. Let me show you now. Watch. This is interesting. Watch the last statement that he makes here. Are you ready? Read it with me. Because, come on, ready? Because you did not know the time of your visitation. Church family, I thank God, not this church, but there are many churches don't have a clue of the time and day that we're living in today. They think everything is going to go back to normal. It is not. Oh, it's going to get glorious because we're getting out of here. But we understand. I hope the watchers are here. And you understand that this is a time of God's visitation on this earth. We are living in one of the most prophetic times. But during any prophetic time, there was great spiritual warfare. And that's what we're seeing right now. Amen? They didn't know the season that was upon them. The Messiah was right in front of them. Herod asked the Pharisees, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem. Well, dear Lord, you knew where he was supposed to be born. Why weren't you there? Why didn't you go check it out yourself? You religion. <clears throat> the Bible says, woe unto you lawyers. For you yourself have not entered and you hindered those that were entered. Wow. You got to look at scripture. You can't just be, oh, tickle my ear. Look at the word of God. Look at what it says. They didn't know the season that was upon them. Their Lord, these Pharisees and teachers of the law should have been teaching them. How come Simeon knew? How come Anna knew? How did the wise men know all the way from Persia? How did they know this was the hour of visitation? But the religious people didn't know? How is it that half the churches don't ever talk about the return of the Lord? What's going on in our world? What's going on in our government? What's going on in other governments of this world? Why are we seeing so many natural disasters? Oh, it's just climate change. It's Mother Earth. We need to repent while we're still here on this earth. They didn't know the season that was upon them. There are so many that still don't know. This is a dark season. And God is also looking for people that will pray, that will weep, that will groan for this visitation. In Romans chapter 8, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we don't know how to pray as we ought. I don't know what's going on in the White House. I don't know what's going on in the Capitol. I don't know what's going on in the Supreme Court. I don't know what's going on in Trent. I don't know what's going on in Israel. But the Holy Spirit does. And he makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit. For he makes intercession for the saints, us. He makes intercession for us. How? With groanings. How? 
which cannot even be uttered. Sometimes they're so deep, they come out of you. People say, well, if the Holy Spirit's praying, then let him pray. He needs a voice. Those are the groanings that come out. As we say, Holy Spirit, pray through us. Holy Spirit, you know what's going on in Haiti right now. You know what little mama is trapped under boulders right now. Holy Spirit, send that dog right there. Send that person right there to get her out. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the Greek is called the parokletos. The word parokletos means one called alongside to help, to assist. He is not the one that does it all. He works together with us. Amen. If I needed my brother Tom, Tom, would you come up here? This pulpit is heavy, heavy, and help me move it. He has now become a parokletos, one called alongside to assist. He's not doing it. I'm not doing it. We're doing it together. Co-laborers together with Christ. He is called our helper, our intercessor, our advocate, our standby, our strengthener, our counselor. He is given all these names, and yet half the church doesn't even know there is a Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Oh, pastor, nobody knows when Jesus is coming. You're absolutely right. No one does. No one knows the day or hour. Would you turn with me? The first Thessalonians chapter five. We're almost done. Can you guys just give me a few more minutes? We're almost done. First Thessalonians chapter five. A very familiar scripture about the return of the Lord. Paul is teaching. You find little scriptures about the rapture. Most of the scriptures are about the second coming of the Lord. That's after the rapture and the millennial reign. But the rapture only belongs to the church, us. Usum, say usum. Belongs to us. Here we go. Watch what Paul says. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, sistren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourself perfectly know that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Remember that old... Uh, rapture movie the thief in the night go ahead and underline that thief in the night for when they say peace and safety you know right now we just celebrated our one year anniversary of the peace accord you remember the peace accord last year we're having all this peace last year it was four or five nations israel now just put their embassy in morocco all that was happening and then bing, it stopped and now we're seeing wars and rumors of wars like never before, right? For when they say peace and safety, watch what it says, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. My daughter, Jennifer, you know, we just had our ninth grandchild and she called. Yeah, I don't know. Little here, little. Then one day she called. A little bit more intense today, Mom. A little bit more intense. By the end of the day, she had the baby. Watch what it says now. And they shall not escape. But you. Everybody say me. Who's he talking to now? The church. Those, the new creation in Christ. Are not in darkness. Say, I'm not in darkness. 
so that this day should overtake you as a... Yeah, but didn't he just say, perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night, but you are not in darkness, so that day should overtake you as a thief. Ah, you are sons of light, sons of day. We are not of the night, night, nor of darkness. Now watch. Therefore, let us not sleep as others. There's a sleeping church. There's a sleeping people out there, guys. But what should we do? be doing? Let us watch. That doesn't mean I read the news 24-7. I know certain places I can go and get all the news I need. Amen? But what it's saying is you have a spiritual watching going on. Do you remember when we did the, 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 the 12 prayers and we taught how you can pray five minutes on each and end up praying 60 minutes a day, Dick Easton's book, uh, an hour of prayer? And one of them was watching, spiritual intuition, where you're just sensitive to the spirit, and he can be showing you, showing you things. And also he says, be, be sober, be vigilant. For those who sleep, they sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober. How? Put on that breastplate of faith. Keep love going. Get that helmet of salvation on. Why? For God did not appoint us to wrath. Would you underline that? Circle that. Put it there. That is beyond words, and it's all over the New Testament, that we are not going to be here for the tribulation. We are not going to be here for Israel's sorrow, Jacob's sorrow. But we don't know when we're going to be out of here. So we are seeing the preeminence of these things coming to pass now. We're seeing how easily the mark of the beast can be put into place. We're seeing how easily they're going to worship this statue. All these different things are all lined up. We're seeing a cashless society just before us. Pretty soon, they're going to be going to this cryptocurrency and all these different things. Why? One word. Ready? Control. 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 And all the pieces are in place. Keep going on. But God did not call me to wrath. <laughs> but to obtain salvation through my Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together. We would live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. Just as you all start doing church, I comfort you today. Yeah, things are dark. Yeah, things are bad. Yeah, things are horrible. But if God is for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Now watch. Where sin abounds, grace yet more. So his grace will be with us. Amen. Now, in wrapping up, the last time tears are crying, are even mentioned in the Bible is Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. Come on, flip over, flip over. Let's get a little picture here of eternity. I love looking at heaven. Revelation 21.4. And God, God himself, man, God himself, Billy, God himself, will wipe every tear from our eyes. Church, family, every regret, every sorrow, every dumb thing we did, right? How many here watched the movie The Shack? 
Anybody watch the shack? Do you remember the Holy Spirit? And what did she do every time that he cried? She caught his tears, right? Because the Bible says that our tears, he saves our tears in a little jar, right? Man, I'm going to have some buckets up there. Anybody else? <laughs> I'm going to have some buckets up there, right? And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. Hallelujah! There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. For the former things are passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. When God says these words are true and faithful, they're true and faithful. They will come about. Well, how do you know that? How did Israel become a nation in 1948? How did Jerusalem become back to the Jews in 1967? Because God is faithful to his covenant. And we are covenant children of a covenant-keeping God. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I will give the fountains of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he will be my son or my child. This reveals the beautiful scene that will unfold up in heaven. God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, every regret, every hurt, all sorrow, done. King David said it like this in Psalm 30, verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. God's heart is to wipe away our tears and give us a life and a blessed one at that. I love how Jeremiah says it in 923. Let me just wrap it up by reading it. Thus says the Lord, let the wise man not, not glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows God, knows me, that I am a Lord. I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Amen and amen. Maranatha, church family. Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, come. That's what it means. The early saints walked around and greeted everyone with that saying. I've been saying it every service lately. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, again, we thank you for your word. Your word all points to Jesus. He is our weeping prophet. And I thank you, Lord that we weep about a lot of things that are going on. We see the violence on the streets of our cities. Girl goes to help someone that's being attacked and they whack her over the head. Another person goes and just gets shot. Violence, violence, violence. And you said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be before the Son of Man returns. The whole earth was filled with violence and Lord they screwed with the genes back then they had the Nepalans Lord and Lord they're messing with bodies now they're trying to do harm to our little children Lord and you said in your word 
better a millstone be tied around your neck than you hurt one of these little ones. Father, I pray. We pray for our nation. We are on a bad slope right now, Lord. And we pray. We're still here. So there's lots of salt and lots of light. But Lord, we pray for this nation. We pray for our president, vice president, senators, congressmen, House of Representatives, judges, governors, mayors. We pray, Lord, if they're doing wrong, that they would repent. Help them, Lord. This morning, if you're here, the hour is short. You have never asked Jesus to come into your heart. Make that decision. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all I have to do. Yeah, you have to believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. So let's do that together. You believe it. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I repent of them. I turn away from them, Lord. I ask for your strength to overcome in this life. And I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around, Christians praying softly. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I want to say congratulations. I'd like to just give you a free gift before you leave. No charge for it. We'll not ask you to stand. We'll not ask you to come to the front. But one of our altar workers will bring it right to you just to help you in your newfound faith. If you don't have a Bible, there's a little card in there. Take it to our bookstore. They'll give you a free New Testament, our gift to you to help. So if you're here today and you have never asked Jesus into your heart, you're doing it today, or maybe you have, but you're not living for him, you'd like to rededicate your life to him. Or maybe you're not sure yet you would still like this package to take home and check out. Then with no one looking around, it's between you and Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that'll bring this gift to you. Would you slip your hand up that I might acknowledge it and then put it right back down. Thank you for that hand. Put it right back down. After they see it, you can put it right back down. And we'll make sure that you get this package. Just slip your hand up. Let us see it. Let us see it. We're here for you. We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to make you feel funny. We're here to give you a gift that you can get to know the Savior, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. One more time, I'm going to look around. If that's you, just slip your hand up high. Let me see it, and then put it right back down. All right for my sister to raise your hand. The Bible says up in heaven, the angels rejoice, so we rejoice with you. As we wrap up the service now, if you need prayer, physical healing in your body would you please stand up let us pray with you and let the believers around you agree with you just stand on up and let us pray for you those that are around them just stretch your hands out towards them let's pray for one another father we lift up our brothers and sisters and we thank you that the anointing of your word has gone forth and you said these signs will follow the preaching of your word and one is healing so we pray for healing for every man and woman, child, young person that's standing up right now. We pray for healing from the top of the heads to the soles of the feet. We pray over lungs right now. 
organs right now, eyes right now. We pray, Father, over breathing, Lord, breathing. Father, we push out this, this virus, Lord, this virus. We pray for our brothers and sisters right now. We just thank you for healing, healing in backs, healing in chest, healing in men's parts and women's parts, Lord. Intestines, stomachs, our throats, you're healing, and we thank you. Thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and be seated. Father, we thank you for this service today that Jesus was glorified. Lord, you said if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. Lord, as we see the hour approaching, use us to be a witness. Lord, we're not the type that's going to knock on every door. But we ask you to lead people, Lord. Put them on our heart. Lead them to us, Lord. That it it can be a connection from the Holy Spirit in us sharing the gospel with them. Now, I thank you for each and every person that's here today. And I pray a blessing upon them. That you, the Lord, you keep us, Lord. Bless us and keep us. That you, the Lord, make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. You, the Lord, lift up your confidence upon us and give us your shalom. I thank you again that you have made us the, and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved, that we are blessed, Be a blessing, church family. We have prayer if anybody wants to join us. And the book is in the bookstore in the Welcome Center. God bless.